You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I had had enough. I was 25 years old, and it was New Year's Eve, and we had planned a huge night. So we went out to the bar and paid way too much for the drinks. The band was too loud and gave me a headache. And by 1230, I was exhausted and overwhelmed and tired. And we left the bar to get a cab and took an hour to get home. It was the worst. And in fact, looking back, I realized that that's how every New Year's Eve was. Exhausting, sweaty, painful. I always regretted them the next morning. So I promised myself that that was it. And after that New Year's, I usually spent each New Year's after that at home eating popcorn, watching TV, or after I had children hanging out with them. That really became my new New Year's Eve plan, and I enjoyed it a lot more. So what does this tell us? It tells us that at least for me, this idea of New Year's Eve plans was way overblown and not nearly as fun as it sounded. And there's another thing we do every New Year's, something that might be just as silly Every year on January 1st, we all go out and get new gym memberships and start watching our diet more carefully, and some of us even try to budget for the first time ever. That's right. New Year's resolutions, we are famous for making them every year and breaking them before January has even finished. So it begs the important question... Have New Year's resolutions gone the way of the big New Year's Eve bash? Are they something that add to our life? Or is it just one of those bad habits that we need to kick? To discuss this very important issue, I have a group of Facebook members here today, community members to discuss New Year's resolutions and their plans for 2021. First and foremost, Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, hello. Good morning, Doc G. Uh, thank you for inviting community members to your podcast. Uh, really excited to join your conversation. 
I'm really excited to have you and tell everybody how you became part of this community in the first place. Where did you first get interested in personal finance? I think I was on a bus commuting and I was reading on my phone some advertisements and I saw a advertisement for a man creates web or sheet to retire at the age of 35 and it ended up being the mad scientist. So I started Googling him and started reading all about what he did and just got into some podcasts such as Joshua Sheets at Radical Personal Finance and uh, the Choose FI guys that just started kicking off their their blog or their podcast as well. So I got into them. Wendy Mays is a longtime personal finance community member. She has been on Earn and Invest a few times and owns the brand House of Fi. Wendy, you've been doing YouTube videos more recently. Is that right? Yeah, I've been really doing them consistently since about April. They're a lot of fun. I feel like they're, I, I connected more and it was just easier for me to do a video edit <laughs> since I'm still a one man, you know, a one man show. So yeah, they're going really, really well. I'm really enjoying it and and being able to have those conversations. It feels like it's face-to-face, even though it's a camera. For those who don't know, Wendy, House of Fi started as a podcast and has mostly mm-hmm. transitioned to YouTube videos. I struggle with that too. The editing on podcasts, especially if it's a 40-minute or an hour podcast, can take quite a bit of time, whereas YouTube editing is a little bit more one and done from what I understand. Yeah, exactly. And I just wanted to tell Daniel that I'd love that the Mad Scientist was how he discovered the financial independence community. He's He was my light bulb guy, too. I just couldn't believe that there were normal people with normal jobs who were able to save 50% or more of their income. And that one fact from his own life was like the trigger for us to say, okay, we've, we're doing it all wrong. <laughs> Let's figure out how he's doing this. And that led us down the rabbit hole too. Speaking of normal people with normal jobs, I'd like to introduce Dustin. Dustin, tell us about Fire Creek Snacks. Sure. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on with you, Doc and panel. Uh, Fire Creek Snacks, we're a a small company based in Illinois, and we sell better for you protein snacks. So kind of like Slim Jims, but a lot cleaner and a lot tastier. And yes, it's a really quickly growing consumer package good business that I got into as a partner last year. And last but not least, Robert, you may know his blog, Stop Ironing Shirts, recently retired and is now living a life of leisure, right, Robert? That's pretty much accurate. Such a life of leisure, at least that he bought himself his own podcasting mic. So we can tell that clearly he has plans for the future. It only took 18 months. (laughs) Much, much slower than in the corporate world. Yeah, life changes once you retire. It also changes every year as we move into the new calendar year. Daniel, I want to start with you. We've been talking about New Year's resolutions. Are they overdone? I mean, is this something that kind of sounds good from the outset, but not something we really follow through with? So my initial answer, I want to say, yes, they are overdone. However, I do think they give a sense of people hope of what the new year will come. It's a change. It's a transition. It's something that someone can get into and say, I'm going to change my life. So I think it's like more of a hope for somebody to get into like for the new year coming up. Wendy, hope or disappointment? One of the things about New Year's (laughs) resolutions is we always go into them with such flair. 
and then they die out so quickly. I, you know, I am all about like vision boards and a vision for the year and like a theme for the year or a word of the year. So I don't like, I don't look at it like you're making these like things to check off. And at, you know, December 31st, you look at it and you say, oh my God, I'm such a failure. (laughs) I think it's more like an ongoing theme for your life. We sit down uh, in our family, usually, you know, the first or second week of January, and we sit down as a family and we make vision boards. I'm looking at my vision board on the wall for 2020. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't do all those things, but I did some of those things or I did a portion of those things. And some of them I'm going to carry forward into 2021. So I think it's really more in how you look at it. Um, More as like, these are the things I want to accomplish or work on or target. Dustin, Wendy brings up a really important point. Do we have a branding issue with this idea of New Year's resolutions? Would we better more to talk about long-term plans? Yeah, I think I do think that maybe it's a branding issue. I think we've all had so many broken resolutions that the the term resolution has kind of taken on a maybe a negative context. But I personally, I'm right right there with Wendy. I mean, I'm a big optimist, and I I do think that there's just a natural change with the change of the calendar, and it gives us an opportunity to take a fresh look at different parts of our lives. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really use the word resolutions. I I set goals. I kind of think in 90 day terms instead of annual terms, but I still, I'm very excited for the new year. I think we're all very excited to leave 2020 and uh, look at, look at a fresh start here. So yeah. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of uh, good there, but I think we've maybe tainted it with some of our overambitious goals in the past. I like this idea that the end of the calendar year gives us a line in the sand to reassess and to do this on a periodic basis Robert, go back and talk to us about some of your broken New Year's resolutions. Were there any particularly audacious ones that now you laugh and realize it was never going to happen? I wasn't ever one to make big resolutions personally, but I do look back and laugh because I definitely worked for a company that loved to make audacious New Year's resolutions, plans, and budgets, and claiming this year we're going to do so much more without actually changing anything. Did they live up to them? I mean, was it like they set these goals and they met them? Or was it almost always that by the middle of the year, you're like, oh, we forgot about that long time? No, absolutely not on meeting the goals. You would start getting rumblings by mid-year and they knew they weren't going to hit budget. And then, then it would domino from there. But it never changed that behavior that always happened at the end of the year. You know, it's a funny point, this idea, Daniel, about making these resolutions versus actually changing behavior. It's really easy to make the resolutions. It's much harder to make these salient changes in your life. Talk to us about last year. Did you make any major resolutions last year and did you meet them? So, yes, we we decided to make some more uh, changes in terms of our lifestyle and what our spend was, and obviously the the audacious, I'm going to lose weight, going to get in shape this year. Well, we have been eating meatless Mondays and fish on Fridays and, and more healthy, more natural foods. That Those were the small changes, or those were the small steps that we took in order to meet our resolution goals. Now, did I meet my resolution last year that I was going to lose X amount of pounds? Of course not, because COVID happened and I didn't exercise as much as I could have. But Daniel, you are looking pretty buff and in shape over Zoom. So I have to give you some credit. Something must have been working. 
Chest up, chest up. (laughs) Wendy, Daniel makes an important point. You know, it's really easy to make these big plans, but life changes unexpectedly. Certainly COVID got in the way of a lot of our 219 goals. Mm -hmm. Were there any of yours in particular you thought you were going to make and then couldn't just because life changed so drastically? Oh yeah, absolutely. With with the pandemic, you know, we have four of our children are, you know, under 10 and in school. So we're doing distance learning, which doesn't mean that I'm not involved. I'm involved 100% because I have a very stubborn six-year-old who, if I turn my back for a second, he's logged himself out of school. So the things that I wanted to accomplish and the, and the actions that I wanted to take in a day, I really had to step back and say, okay, was that realistic, especially given that I have to be present until basically two o'clock every single day. So I really had to scale back and look at the things that I wanted to accomplish in a day or a week or a month and say, okay, if that's not realistic, what would be realistic given what's going on in our life and really earmarking the things that were the most important and saying no to some other things. Dustin, speak on that a little bit more. Were there certain goals you had to give up on for 2019 because of the pandemic and the change in our social and physical lives? Yeah. I mean, for Fire Creek as an example, that you know, I'm an entrepreneur. That's my primary source of income. So we had set goals and they were largely based on the progress we had made in 2019, which was on the wholesale front and going to trade shows and selling into new retail stores. Well, you know, come March, there was no more trade shows to attend. There were buyers were not interested in meeting. People are not really interested in sampling food. So our goal changed. So our total revenue goal, we did not even come close to meeting. However, we had to shift our business model to be direct to consumer and selling more online. So our margins were way better. So at the end of the year, I think our profits will actually be higher than our original intention, even though our revenue is lower because we were just forced to kind of change our sales approach. It seems like Robert business goals went out the window. You are the exact opposite. You picked 2020 to be the year that you left work and went into retirement. What do goals look like or even New Year's resolutions for a retired person? Fortunately, I did make it out of the working world in early 19. So I got to experience a little bit of retirement before getting hit with um, hit with the pandemic. But it's still, a, I mean, it's still affected 2020 plans. You know, we had a long list of traveling we were planning on doing. We were hoping to um, look for houses, consider getting a more permanent permanent setup somewhere, but we really weren't traveling the country anymore like we had planned looking at different places. So that definitely paused paused what we planned on doing. But at the same time, you know, when you're kind of sitting at house and sitting at your home and, you know, your former job just became a pretty easy work from home job, you're wondering, hmm, that was an interesting decision. And any regrets? I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. You're going to be home anyway. Maybe you could have worked an extra six months, another year, saved a little more money. Things would have been different. Yeah, still no regrets. But certainly, there were certainly times, especially when you were looking at the market in in March and April, thinking, wow, that, that job would have been nice to have right now. So, Daniel, up to this point, we've been talking about those kind of 2019 going into 2020 goals Let's now look forward. It is the end of 2020. 
the world has changed radically. Talk to me about what you think your goals for 2021 are going to be. This is something that I've been thinking about quite a bit in the last couple of months because of the fact that I am actually inching my way towards retirement from an overall business point of view. So I have been trying to set myself up for success further down the road without having to work into in a corporate area. So such as like Robert and Wendy doing stuff outside of a nine to fiver. And so I've been doing a bunch of uh, self-reflecting and seeing what exactly it is that's going to look like. And same with my wife. Uh, We have been looking to see what else can we do besides having to have to go to work? What can we do to actually make an impact on, on ourselves and our lives and do that going forward. And if it happens to make money, then that's even great. But if it allows us the freedom to be able to travel, to be able to do anything we want, to be able to live wherever we want, then that's what, then that's best for us. So that's the things that I am working on this year, because I I still think I have like a, I'm not ready yet. So it's still going to have like another year, year and a half, two years, maybe down the road before I I set, but I want to be set up now and I want to put the mechanisms in place now so I can get to that point in in a couple of years. Anything specifically that you think you're going to do this year to get you there? Yes. So I am an RN uh, working in a big tech firm right now. And um, so I want to get I want to be more into the healthcare field. I, the tech that I'm doing right now is healthcare related, but I want to do more independent RN or healthcare experience, such as nurse writing or also nurse blogging and nurse and nurse and personal finance. And I know Nasima has her has a podcast that has the nurses and nurses on fire. And I want to get more into that, into the, into the financial independence community, financial community, actually just more in the finance community and nursing as well. So that's where I'm moving into. So more of the writing, more of the talking, more of the podcasting, perhaps. I don't know if I'm ready to go on the video. I'm not in that shape yet, but I still want to just be able to be able to have my voice be heard by other people or read by other people, especially in the healthcare community. Daniel was talking about Nasima McElroy, who works yeah. as a OBGYN labor, labor and delivery, delivery nurse over at in San Francisco, I believe, if I'm correct, or Oakland. But in that general area, yeah. So, Wendy, we're talking about goals for 2021. You had mentioned before this idea of vision boards. What do you think will go up at the top of your vision board for 2021? Well, there's two things. Personal health, just overall personal health, mental health, all of that. Physical health, eating better. I recently had a a weight loss surgery. And so making sure that I'm successful in that and really working on the internal <laughs> issues with food, as opposed to, you know, the, the actual eating of food, but then also on the business side of things, really focusing on the looking at the actions that will help me get to my goal and targeting those things that affect growth and not all the peripheral stuff, really, you know, making goals targeted to what is going to help the channel grow, what is going to help the blog grow, what is going to reach the most people, and just measuring those sorts of things. Dustin, Wendy brings up an interesting point when she talks about eating and changing the mindset. And I want to inquire about your goals for 2021, but specifically are they going to mostly 
surround this idea of changing your mindset or do you think they're more tactical for this next coming year for you? Yeah, I feel like this is very much going to be a tactical year. You know, I've learned a lot from the experiences of 2020. I've learned that I can't control things as much as I might wish I could. So what I can't control though are, are my own actions and daily habits. So I do have, you know, revenue goals for different businesses and again, kind of looking at those on a 90-day time frame quarter by quarter. But I don't I don't necessarily have control over if I'll hit those goals. But what I've developed kind of towards the tail end of 2020 here and, and looking really forward to 2021 is getting on some streaks, such as for Fire Creek, reaching out, doing partnerships. So I've basically got this running list of whether it be podcasts or YouTubers or people that do subscription boxes or whatever fits for our brand every week, going down that list, reaching out and trying to form partnerships, win-win relationships to help grow our business and, and serve others. So that would be an example of, I feel that's very tactical. It's something that I can just commit to every week doing that and growth will be inevitable. I just don't know exactly how quickly those opportunities will come. Robert, Dustin mentions relationships. And I know once I started pulling back from traditional work, a big part of my goals were to start to build those relationships and those connections. Tell me how other people are going to play in your a role in your goals for 2021. Do you have any relationship goals that you're looking forward to for this next year? Yeah, I'll say I've already been I've already started on them. I've been trying to reconnect with a lot of people that I've that I knew professionally after I got through 12 to 15 months out of work. And not necessarily because I'm looking for a job, but occasionally there are projects that come up that are interesting to me. I'd be willing to do absent of the money that comes with it. And that's been a that's been a nice, I would say, a bright spot in 2020 is the ability to reconnect with a lot of people when everybody's home, they're available and willing to talk. Done had some interesting stuff come from that already. Daniel, what Robert is talking about is the fact that there have been some, maybe we should say, pleasant surprises to the current situation we found ourselves in. One is that we all have much more time because we're probably not commuting as much, and therefore we're much more likely to connect with people on Zoom or Skype or what have you. When you're thinking of your goals for 2021, do you think there are unique challenges because this still is a time of pandemic? I mean, we're hoping that the vaccine comes out and that we can get back to some semblance of what we used to call normal. But do you think these goals for 2021 are much different than, let's say, in 2020 or 2019, just because you have to take into account the pandemic and how it'll affect how you do things? Sure. There's... A lot of things that you got that I have to take in consideration now that we're all quarantined from home. However, I think that actually enhanced my goals as opposed to deterred it because now I am at home and I'm not commuting. I'm not thinking long-term growth in my career path. So I'm not, I'm not needing that water cooler moment. I'm not needing that face-to-face that you get when you start working like an individual who just started working, they need that face-to-face and they need that interaction between other people and just to show face sometimes. So I think it's, it's actually, that's, that's actually been a good thing that we're not commuting and that we're not, and that I'm not going into the office and having to do idle chit chat. It is more of a direct, if I need to contact you, this is what we're going to talk about. This is what we're going to discuss. And this, we're going to, we can move on and actually do our work. So I think that's one of the best things that happened for this year. And as for the challenges for next year, I think 
I'm not really sure uh, that it, any of the impact in terms of being to go out, needing to go out and meet people have is going to directly affect any of my goals that I have set forth for this coming year. Wendy, have you found that, like Daniel, you're able to integrate the pandemic into your goals and pivot enough that you don't feel it's a hindrance? Oh, yeah. I think there's been, you know, many kind of happy surprises out of the situation. I've had so many Zoom conversations with friends that, that lasted hours that I don't know that I would have carved out that time and, you know, without the pandemic. So I feel like it has allowed us to have some greater connections with people that we care about, but also, you know, our kids, you know, we're, we're with them, we're with them all of the time. And sometimes that can be a little challenging, but also, you know, we have dinner around the table. We, you know, we talk about things. And so I think there have been things that have happened that were unexpected, it, it, not just personal lives either. I think it's forced businesses to really reconsider you know, some of their practices, being resistant to having people work remotely and actually finding that, oh, (laughs) they actually are productive. We can trust our employees to do work and do good work and, and meet goals and objectives. So I think sometimes we resist change and we resist things that cause us to struggle. But if we, you know, sit back, we might really find some really awesome experiences and results. Dustin, we haven't talked family much, but you've got two teenagers at home. Any family goals coming for 2021? I think as, as Wendy said, it's, uh, I don't, I'm not sure we can grow any closer. We've spent so much time this year. They're all, I actually have three kids, yeah, two are teenagers, and they're all here trying to remote learn and I'm trying to work from home. So it's, it's definitely been a little crazy. So I, when I think of goals for my family, I think of maybe how to better handle this if it continues on longer because we've had, we've been in and out of remote learning many times. My wife's a teacher. Ironically, she has to teach remotely from the school, not from home. So it's completely flipped our lives because I've, I work from home solo, you know, as as being self-employed with no one in the house all day. And now I've become the uh, stay at home dad with three kids here. And my wife is offsite and she actually just went back to work just before COVID. She was, she was a stay at home mom for eight years. So it's uh, 2020 has been a great irony and that's from that standpoint. But I, I would think when I think also family wise, just financially, I mean, we've, it's really forced us to slow down. Kids are obviously not involved in nearly as many activities. Our eating out budget has been uh, vastly improved and we've all lost weight. Honestly, we're, you know, we're eating at home, cooking our own meals. I think that's all good for the kids. So they, I don't know what they'll think in 10 years when they think back to 2020. I, I know they'll remember it. And I hope that they remember how close we grew as a family rather than how you know isolated they might've felt socially. Embarrassingly, one of the big goals for me for 2021 when it comes to my children is that they just still like me at the end yeah. of the year <laughs> after spending valid. so much time in close proximity. Robert, let's pivot. I am going to admit something here for the first time on this podcast about one of my goals. And I want to ask you about big audacious goals for 2021. For me, one of them is to get a book deal. So that would be my big, huge, audacious goal. Robert, anything huge that you want to accomplish, even if you don't think you can in 2021? 
I would just like to get a nice, reliable, reliable stream of passive, uh, semi-passive income, but really project work from a number of different sources because the time away has made me realize, you know, there were lots of things I didn't like about my job, but there were one or two things that I really enjoyed. Just putting myself out there and telling my former network that I'd be interested in projects that do this and this. So. It- so I, I kind of agree with you on the big audacious goal because that was a lot to think about putting myself out there because everyone knew me as oh he retired and he's gone completely. It's a point that I think more and more of us come to as we draw back on work and start thinking about early retirement or at least non-traditional retirement. We all kind of learn that actually it's not work we don't like. It's the being stuck in a situation where we feel we have very little control. So many of us, after we leave the traditional workplace, find that we don't mind doing work, even paid work, maybe even similar to some of what we were doing before, if we can do it in such a way that we have more ultimate control and especially can control our schedules Daniel, this is something you have to look forward to as you transition away from working for someone else and working for yourself more. Tell me about your 2021 big audacious goals. My big audacious goal for the family, me and my wife, and uh, for our finances is to hit 55% savings. Last year, we did a 49.5. We're on track to do that. Going back real quick to a comment you just said about working and doing what we like, I really found out that I really like doing manual labor. And that's something that as a as a professional, it's hard for me to say, oh, I want to go back and do like kind of like what Mr. Money Mustache did, going back and actually doing physical manual labor. It's something that I grew up, I mean, in college, that's all I did. And, and it's something that I'm, if my body will let me go back and actually working up a sweat pounding a hammer, serving some hamburgers at a local shop or something like that. You know, things like manual labor that's kind of appreciative is a little bit is in my head, I guess it's a, one of those things that I kind of want to look forward to doing if if and when I retire instead of just doing uh, sit down and banging out code on a computer or or anything like that. And what I love about a wish for something like that is you can make money doing those things, maybe a lot less money than you're making now. But if you're thinking about what I need to get away from corporate America, you can go much further if you make a little bit of money every year than if you're doing a 100% drawdown strategy and have no income. So you can leave corporate America a lot faster if you know that you're going to have some income. And if you can fill your time doing things you like to do, whether that's manual labor or creative time or what have you, and that produces some income, it really can change your trajectory and how long you have to stay in that job that you don't want to be in. I totally agree, especially when you don't have to contribute to your retirement more and more, you know. We have enough money to where we can retire, but if we could just have just a little bit of income coming in, whether it be through rentals or any kind of like small labor jobs or or just any small menial, not menial, I'm sorry, that's a bad word, small jobs or project jobs, such as what Robert was talking about as well, doing like just projects here and there instead of all the time.
In the first half of the show, Wendy, Dustin, Dan, and Robert talked about their plans for 2020 and whether they reached their goals or not. After the break, we discuss 2021 and what is coming with their finances. But first... All right, so most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is there's something better, and it's called Monarch Money. I started using Monarch Money myself about five months ago, and I knew immediately that I liked it more than any other budgeting app I had ever used. For one, it focuses on collaboration. This is easy to share with your spouse, your partner, your financial advisor. And it's aspirational. Not only can you look at your current budget, but what do you want to buy? What do you want your goals to be? You can focus on those in Monarch Money. It's the next generation of personal finance apps. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Furthermore, you can create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner, and now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. Again, that's monarchmoney.com slash E-A-R-N. What I like about this app is it's intuitive, easy to use, quick to sign on. It's collaborative, as we talked about. It's customizable. The idea is you can use this app the way you want to use it. And the reason why is the Monarch Money team is customer focused. They are focusing on you, me, and all the other people who want to use this app to live a better financial life. After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. Wish you were in early on some of the best-performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies IPOing like Beyond Meat or being bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Pretty much the business model is simple. Our crowd does all the due diligence. They use their expertise to find the newest startups, the ones that have the most promise, and they not only invest themselves, but offer a space for you to invest along with them. Today, you can join our crowd's investment in blue-green water technologies, a startup that keeps our water safe. Global water supplies are under attack from toxic algae blooms, making water undrinkable. Blue-green's proprietary, EPA-approved technology eliminates the toxic algae poisoning the world's water resources. You can get in early on blue-green and other unique opportunities at ourcrowd.com E-A-I. If you're interested in investing, you need to join our crowd. The Our Crowd account is free. Just go to ourcrowd.com slash E-A-I. Wendy, Earn and Invest is a financial podcast. Let's talk about specific financial goals. Are there any big ones for you for 2021? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, our big audacious goal has been an ongoing goal, and that is for us to be um, financially independent when my husband turns 55. So in five years, because that's when he can draw his pension. So in order to do that, we have to create additional income streams because we're not going to 
reach the amount in savings that traditionally that 25 times earnings, we're not going to reach that. But if we can create enough income streams that will cover our living expenses, we'll be financially independent. So, you know, right now we have a couple, but we're still, there's still a gap that we need to fill. So it's, you know, making my business make a certain amount of income or getting additional rental properties that will fill that gap. So those are the big audacious ones because there, there is a gap. (laughs) And if we can hit that mark early, then it's really up to my husband, whether or not he wants to continue working or not, which he probably will. But I just, I really want to hit that number early. And if, if we could do that, that would be super awesome. Dustin, do you have big financial goals for 2021? I always have business goals. So I mean, for Fire Creek, it's to hit the the magic 1 million in an annual revenue goal. We're a little short of that this year. And a lot will depend on the wholesale landscape, like I talked about earlier. But personally, one of the things that COVID kind of gave me was I've discovered financial independence as a movement for the first time this year. I, I always listen to business podcasts. I don't, I think it was probably Mr. Money Mustache that became my crossover point where I heard him somewhere and then wanted to hear more. And I found, you know, choose FI, I found earn and invest bigger pockets, money became a fan of all these shows. And so my focus is a lot more now on net worth than it was in the past. I've always been like an income guy, like, you know, it's like, I've got multiple streams of income. I left my corporate job three years ago. I'm not financially independent, but some of the sentiment that, you know, Robert and Daniel had discussed earlier, I'm kind of already living that. Like I choose the things I work on. I can, I, can take on and create different income streams and projects. My wife is choosing to go back and be a special ed teacher because she wanted to. It wasn't because we needed, had to financially. So yeah, I mean, financially, I'm kind of still learning. I'm still dialing in savings rates and things. I'm nowhere near 50%. I know that. My default has always been, as I think is common in our culture, has I can just out earn the needs. You know, I don't have to cut back on lifestyle. But again, we've simplified our life a lot this year eating out a lot less, a lot less activities, clearly weren't traveling. So I think we as a family are becoming accustomed to that that lower cost of living approach. So yeah, for me, it's all about increasing net worth at this point, now that I'm more aware of some of the strategies and and some of the the magic, you know, in that approach to uh, financial independence. Robert, we are talking about New Year's resolutions. And although in some ways I have maybe spoken negatively about what they are, they are a moment in time for us to reassess what we're doing. It hits me as we have this conversation that maybe we need to integrate this goal setting into our lives on a more frequent basis. What's a good way for us to make goal setting more a part of our everyday life as opposed to just waiting for New Year's to come up with these crazy resolutions? I mean, I think it's about finding time to do it. One of the reasons a lot of people do this over New Year's is that's the time when that's the time when you had extended time off from your corporate job. You know, now is now I find that's the time when the weather's the weather's not quite as good, not doing as much outside. You just have more time, more time to think and reflect than you did in a normal busy week. And even if you try not to take vacation, you're in the corporate world, everybody else is. So you're still not getting a lot done. And I doubt Dustin is finding a lot of wholesalers on December 27th to go and talk. Oh, no. Yeah, this is, uh, they're all going to a cave and emerge after the holiday season for sure. So a lot of it's just about being intentional and making time for it. 
Daniel, Robert talks about being intentional and making time for it. What do you think are the other roadblocks to goal setting that get in our way? Just regularly, not just New Year's resolutions, but in our general lives as we look towards 2021. I feel like one of the biggest roadblocks is yourself, self-doubt, self uh, not being aware of what you're capable of doing. Something that has deterred me for a long time as well, thinking I'm not going to be able to run five miles anymore because my knees are too bad. Well, I haven't tried, so I don't know if I can or not. So before in the past, I used to be able to, but now I'm not really sure. So I think self-doubt is one of the big things and also not telling, not expressing what it is that you're trying to do. A lot of people have, or I always had these resolutions in my head, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. And if I'm not accountable for it, then it doesn't matter because no one else knew that I was going to try to do or hit that and except for myself. So I think self-doubt and not expressing like your what you want to do is, is two of the things that uh, block people from performing these goals on their own basis. Wendy, Daniel brings up an interesting point we're really good at making goals and not telling anyone. So no big deal when we don't meet them. Maybe going public with our goals is the answer because now it's out there and we have to actually live up to them. Are you going to make us tell those on here? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know if if that's necessary. I think sometimes it's good to have some of that healthy competition and maybe have someone hold you accountable. So in that sense, like, you know, when you have a Fitbit and you're in a, you know, a competition with your, with your, you know, friend or whatever, and it pushes you, it pushes you to meet your goals. But I want, I wanted to, Dustin keeps mentioning like quarter setting quarter goals. And I'm, I'm in the middle of this book right now. It's called the 12 week, the 12 week year. And what I, what I'm loving about it is it's really a mind shift in that, you know, traditionally we have like this one year goal and this, you know, December 31st is this arbitrary point where we then measure our success. But if we were to break that down into three month benchmarks and then kind of reverse engineer, how am I going, what are the actions that I can take to make that goal? So if my goal is to publish you know, 20 articles in a three month period, how many do I have to accomplish in a week? And then in three months, which is so much easier to visualize, we might meet those benchmarks more often. So I really, I really like that concept of who said that it has to be December 31st, you know, it can be every three months and you're in charge of that. Dustin, this idea is not new to businesses, right? Businesses set up short-term goals all the time and measure themselves against them, et cetera. So that's probably something you've been doing in your business life for quite a while. It is, yeah. And I mean, the research really does suggest, I'm familiar with the book, Wendy mentioned, I've been in another program called 90 Day Year, same idea, different different name. But the whole idea is that research shows that we, the most effective window, the longest term window that we can really affect is 90 days. So it just works with our psyche to think in 90 day chunks, 90 days quickly translates into a monthly goal and a weekly goal and a daily habit, right? A year's okay, but I only set year goals so that I can come back to quarter one and say, what can I do this first quarter to affect that? So I, I like to think in one year and, and really actually 10 year horizons, because you can, you know, very long term, you can think out 10 years and you're not so 
attached to your current reality that you you can kind of dream a little bigger. But all the magic for me happens in 90-day chunks. I've got 90-day calendars. And then again, those translate into a month and then a week and then down to a daily task list to try to achieve some of those goals. Robert, what Dustin talks about is interesting. It's actual tactical advice, like look towards 90-day goals, because once we start getting past 90-day goals, it gets really hard to have the vision and stick with them. You have now the Earn and Invest community listening to your every word. How can we help people meet their goals better? What do you think are some tactics that can help the community stick to their goals? Well, I think it starts with writing them down. I mean, writing them down moves them from your head and onto onto a document that you see, be it on your computer, your phone, on a sheet of paper. So many people have them, but don't actually write them down. And it forces you to think and delineate between what's a dream versus what's a goal. A goal is something you actually work towards. A dream is something you have. Yeah, I think writing them down is great advice. And in fact, that's why I started blogging. Originally, I started the diversify.com site because I wanted to write down my goals for how I was going to go from this guy who realized he had enough money to be financially independent to the person who actually then made real life change because of it to build more purpose, identity, and meaning into my life. Daniel, Dustin talked about 90-day goals. Robert talked about writing it down. What other advice do you think the community could benefit from about goal setting and how to do it well? One of the things that I think Dustin and Wendy said perfectly was the 90-day goals and then chunking it down, breaking it down into this is your goal. How do I get to that goal? And it's something that in, in my corporate job right now that we do all the time. We have sprints and and all that stuff. And you set these little short-term goals to get to your longer-term goals. So I think the, those two pieces of advice are, are perfect. And I think another uh, way to, to accomplish your goal is to make sure that you know exactly what you're trying to get to and you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish in, in that sense. So you're not just sitting there saying, oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, how much weight do you want to lose? Or I want to reach financial independence. So what does that mean? You know, having specific goals. And I guess it goes back to the SMART acronym where it's SMART, measurable, accountable, reliable. And I forgot what the T stands for. Timely. There you go. So Wendy, look into your crystal ball for me. What do you think are going to be the big surprises of 2021? For me personally or just for everyone? Both. Oh, goodness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For me, it will be hitting those, you know, those benchmarks for both the blog and the, the the channel to reach as many as many people as possible. And the measure of that is the actual numbers. So the growth and the the views and all of that. That's my thing. And then just overall, goodness, I hope that we're nicer <laughs> to each other in 2020. I don't know how we measure that, but I really, really am hopeful that this coming year will have just will be a little bit nicer. Dustin, any global surprises you're expecting for 2021? <laughs> I would not attempt to predict anything at this point. I'm, I hope maybe it's the season we're in here and, and it's a kind of a hopeful time of the year and we're all looking forward again to turning the page on this year. But I'm just hoping for a calmer year overall, you know, in our, in our country and, you know, not only politically, but economically, I hope we can maintain the calm and not have any major crashes on anything 
but yeah, I'm not, I don't feel qualified to call any global changes. I will say on the record here, I think we're going to get better control of COVID-19. I think the vaccine will help, but I don't think it will solve all our problems. So I see kids going back to school. I see masks here to stay for quite a while. I see restaurants continuing to struggle, but those that innovate, do takeout or create outside spaces are going to do really well. I do foresee a little bit more political calmness, but again, the downside is I don't think we've yet solved any of our problems. So maybe 2021 will be a year of growth and change. Hopefully for the rest of us, we can look at these goals. New Year's resolutions, maybe it is a bad term, but what I'm hearing from all of you is this idea that goal setting is important. And if we do it thoughtfully, it can really benefit us in our lives. Thank you guys for coming on. Robert, I'm going to start with you. Tell us what's up next in your life and where can we find you if we want to interact more? What's up next? Looking forward to the pandemic settling down and getting back to traveling and looking around the country. You can find me more find me more on Twitter at Stop Ironing Shirts or on my blog at StopIroningShirts.com. Daniel, what do you expect to be going on in your life in the next coming few months? And if people want to interact with you, if you want to interact with them, is there some way they can contact you? Sure. In the short term and the immediate term, I'm going to be concentrating mainly on my work uh, that I'm paid to do and getting better at that and then improving myself. I also have a blog. It's uh, Jordaniel PTRN. It was more active prior to pandemic and you can reach out to me there. I also run an amateur cocktail making Instagram at have a drink on us. And ironically, it's actually increased since we've started the pandemic. There might be a little bit more drinking going on is what you're saying. (laughs) And picture taking and cocktail making. That is correct. Wendy, tell us about what's happening with the House of Fi YouTube channel. And if people want to engage, where should they go? Yeah, they can find me on YouTube, Wendy Mays House of Fi, so F-I, or on the blog, which is houseoffi.com. And we're, I'm just looking forward to making more videos. I love the engagement. I love talking to people. I love hearing issues that they want to solve and and help with that. So we're just going to do more of what we're doing. And Dustin, what's happening in your life? What do you see in the near future? And if people want to interact with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Sure. So I'm continuing on doing the marketing for Fire Creek Snacks and uh, hope that'll be a successful venture continuing into next year. Personally, one thing that's changed this year is I've casually started coaching people that were looking to get away from corporate America and become self-employed like I did three years ago. So I was an engineer for almost 20 years. So I think because people are working from home more, maybe they're getting more of that taste of freedom and they're not really anxious to go back to the office setting. I've got a lot of friends, family, and, and people I know from being online saying, how did you do that? You know, what, what do I need to plan to be able to make those changes? So I am going to kind of lean into that starting here in 2021 and I hope to help more people either one-on-one or maybe in a group setting and show them kind of a a personal path to where they could become self-employed if they want to leave their corporate job. 
easy way. I'm very open book. You guys can, anyone that's listening for, has any interest in snacks or <laughs> career changes or anything else. I'm Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N at firecreeksnacks.com. I'll answer any email and, and love the, love what I've learned so far from the Fi community and, and a lot of smart people, a lot of ambitious people. It really gives me a, a lot of energy. Well, happy New Year's, everybody. I hope all of your New Year's resolutions come true. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I wanted to thank Daniel, Wendy, Dustin, and Robert. That's a wrap. Twenty twenty has been a funny year, especially if you are single. If you are single and in our community, personal finance and financial independence, not only is it hard to find a date because a lot of people just don't understand this financial stuff that we're into, but then twenty twenty hit us with COVID. So between quarantining and sheltering in place. Getting a date has been harder than ever. Well, we are going to talk today with Amin Lakani about just that issue. He has an event coming up. I think it's going to be really cool and fun. But before we get to that, Amin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Doc. Really appreciate the opportunity. I'm really excited to talk to you. You go by the moniker, the Dating Coach on Wheels. Tell me, how did that come about? Yeah, it actually came about in an improv class where I was, I was in an improv class and I was with a really high up marketing dude at Eddie Bauer, who somehow happened to be in the same uh, in the same class. And uh, I was just telling him about my business. And he was like, oh, so you're like the dating coach on wheels. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, and that night I went and bought the domain and that's that's been the moniker. So for people who don't know and can't see yeah. you, we're talking sure. on audio, but you have a disease called Charcot-Marie-Tooth, which means you are in a wheelchair. You've been in a wheelchair, right. I assume, for quite a bit of your since, life. Since I was 15, so about half my life at this point. So that moniker, the dating yeah. coach on wheels, really kind of fits. Are you right. a dating coach? Yeah, I, ha- I mean, I have been in the past. I started out as focused more on dating and then I shifted into other things that I found also interesting. You're also into comedy. I know you also do a bunch of stand-up, right? Yeah. Well, not the stand-up part, of course, but I do the comedy piece. Yeah. Uh, I started my own started my own open mic in the past. I create stuff online. I do vlogs. Um, it, it all actually kind of started as public speaking, and then I just in I just wanted to share things that were on my mind, kind of kind of like you. And when did you come to the financial independence realm? Actually through dating. It's a, it's a great story. I, I threw my, uh, well, I don't know if I was a dating coach at that point yet, but through, I had hired my own dating coach after starting my career and realizing that that wasn't my, that wasn't gonna be the most fulfilling thing. And I'd never been on a date up until that point. So I hired a dating coach, learned how to socialize with people and go on dates and ended up dating a woman who was, uh, I was 25, she was 50 plus at that point. And uh, she was like, what's your retirement strategy? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she made me watch all these videos and read these books and she would like test me. And really, I mean, it was, it was really, it was very educational, but also very hot. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, that's how I found out about financial independence. I didn't really, I wasn't really connected to the movement 
at that point. But at some point uh, after we had stopped dating, I remember I was looking up something and found some blog and found out, oh, there's other people that are into this as well. It's an interesting point because if you're interested in personal finance and financial independence, it can be hard to find partners who understand it, much less agree with you. In your case, it was someone who showed you the way, but a lot of people aren't patient enough to sit down Mm -hmm. the person they're dating and go through the hassle of teaching them about personal finance. Well, you have a solution for that. Talk to us about the FI virtual speed dating event. Of course, when we talk about FI, we're talking about financial independence. Is this the first event you've ever put together? No, absolutely not. I've been putting together events in the Singles in Pursuit of Financial Independence Facebook group for uh, since uh, basically all of all of this quarantine, like we started, I think late May, early June, uh, I found the group and everyone just seemed very friendly and interested in the same thing. And we're all kind of in the same boat where we're single by a lot of times there's a lot of um, uh, like couples in FI and a lot of the advice or whatever is geared towards that. So I found this group and I just started organizing game nights. We've done uh, movie nights. We've done co-working nights. We also did like a beta, a beta test speed dating night where we just threw four groups of four into rooms in Zoom and we just like talk to each other. And that was a lot of fun. So we've been doing events. I've been doing events for uh, every every week since that time in this group. So we're talking about the five virtual speed dating event, which is going to be yeah. January 13th at 7 p.m. Central time. time. Let's talk about the quarantine a little bit and sheltering sure. in place. This pandemic has changed everything. How do you feel it's affected speed dating? Is it almost easier in a sense to do these events over Zoom? Yeah, totally. Like the, I think it's so much less required out of everyone to just show up and I mean, you don't even have to wear pants, right? Like if you don't want to, like it's <laughs> yeah, usually that it's, easy. It's usually frowned upon not to wear pants on a first date, but here right. you could do that. Yeah, you could, and nobody would know. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot easier because uh, the the bar the barriers are just so much lower. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to drive somewhere. You don't have to um, do all that. And as an organizer, it's also a lot easier. Like I just threw up this event and shared it with a few friends and it just spread and that that's been awesome we've got 43 people signed up so far and i just launched it less than a week ago is it fairly gender equal is it just as many women as men who sign up etc the surprising thing has been that it's kind of two to one with women signing up more than men uh, which has been interesting i did not expect that but that's the data that's come out of it so if you're a guy, come sign up. <laughs> yeah, it's a good place Positive to go if you're favorite. single. If you're a single yeah. guy and you're interested in women, this is the place yeah. for you. Apparently, right. let's talk a little bit about the platform. You guys sure. are using Hopin, is that correct? It's a new platform that I found through another speed dating event where it allows for one-on-one matching of people. So I can say, okay, people that purchase this ticket type, like male for female, um, get matched with uh, a certain other ticket type. So you're, it's not just random like we did before with Zoom and 
it's also one-on-one, which is nice because you get dedicated time with each person. And uh, it's a, it's only three minutes, which is not a lot of time, but you will get a feel for if you're if there's a connection with someone. So it sounds like there's a group space where people right. can gather together, but then there's those one-on-one speed dates. And then I imagine if you want to have a more extensive conversation with someone else, there's other one-on-one space or rooms that you can connect in. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, we have topic-specific virtual rooms, uh, and those allow up to 10 people. So we have various topics like homesteaders or nature lovers or lean fire, fat fire, kind of these different segments of FI that if you're interested in just meeting other people who have that interest, that's a good place to go. And then when you're ready, you can hop into the networking area and meet with people one-on-one and take breaks, come back, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be a whole evening where you get different experiences and different ways to meet with people. And actually, if you are in the networking session or the one-on-one session and you want more time, if both people want more time, they can choose to extend the session. So obviously, this is going to be a new experience for some people. Let's talk about the do's and don'ts. Obviously, do come without pants as long as your camera (laughs) angle is correct. Um, Talk to me about some other do's and don'ts. The questions I've been getting are around, hey, can you guarantee X, Y, and Z? Or what's the likelihood that I'm going to meet somebody and this and that? And I think the best thing to do is come with little expectation and just come with your best self and interest in connecting with other people. Because honestly, worst case, you're going to meet other people that are in an already pretty small community. And who knows, maybe you hit it off with them and they're not a good fit for you, but they know other people in our community that might be a good fit for you. So don't necessarily come with an agenda or a goal or a focus, just come and meet people, hang out and let things happen after the event. Like I think in our modern culture, we're so ready to, we're we're so excited about just getting to that end point of like, I wanna get out of this dating phase of my life and want to get into the relationship. I want to get to a certain goal. Just and I get that. I'm I'm very much in that same boat. I have those same things come up, but I find that it goes best when I just show up and let things happen at a more natural pace as as they do. Just because it's the internet and things are fast doesn't mean that human relations happen in the same way. So we are talking the financial independence i.e. five virtual speed dating event, January 13th at 7 p.m. Central Time. Amin, if people want to sign up or learn more, where can they go? So they can go to hopin.com slash events slash fi hyphen speed hyphen dating, which as I'm saying this, no one's going to remember. You can also just search dating coach on wheels anywhere and I'll come up and just shoot me a message and I'll send you the link. Um, it's in a bunch of the five Facebook groups. So if you're a part of those, you can find it there as well. Um, it'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah, we'll go ahead and put that link in the show notes. Amin Lakani, thank you for being on the Earn and Invest podcast. If you are single out there and interested in financial independence, this sounds like a great way to meet people. One last question, does it cost you anything to join? It does. It costs you $7 until January 1st. And then the price goes up thereafter, up to $10 the day of the event. So 
if you're interested, get your ticket earlier. So it's going to be $7 until January 7th. So sign up, check out our show notes to get the link. And if you're single, this sounds like the place to be. Well worth your time and money. Amin Lakani, thank you for coming on and telling us about this event. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Doc. Awesome. Wait, where's the music? (laughs) 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 Hey, Daniel, are you uh, connected with Lynn Frere? Yeah, so uh, this guy wanted to make an appearance. Hello. (laughs) Um, uh, Well, I've heard of her, and we've we've discussed, we've talked. She's a nurse, and she's into finance as well. She lives here in Seattle. Oh, awesome. And she's Um, an awesome person on top of that. She's wonderful. I, I try to listen to everything. Like I, uh, you and Doc, you you had a bunch of uh, healthcare workers on Doc G at one point. I love that episode with Asima and Lynn. That was great. Yeah, I you know with my healthcare roots, every once in a while, and go back. So I've done a doctor episode. We've done some healthcare episodes, and I come back to those from time to time. You care about your money, of course you do. So why aren't you listening to SoFi Daily? This podcast will keep you updated on the latest news in the stock market and how it could impact your financial life. Stay on top of what's happening. Listen to SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's SoFi Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Tech moves fast. So keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now, wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch Daily Crunch, wherever you get your podcasts.